0: HERE AND NOW BY ELLERGAST NARRATED BY SMOKING BOMBER CHAPTER TWO Kane wrapped an arm around Mamoru, his prince, feeling him shiver through his sweaty shirt. This was Endymion that he was holding. Endymion spent of his power, needing his guardians to promise him right at this moment that they would never leave his side, that they would support him always. Mamoru took a shuddering breath as they crossed the basketball court back to the three huddled on the ground, and Kane studied him with concern. He looked ill, shaken. This couldn't just be the exhaustion of using his power. He had gone wildly overboard with it and nearly lost control, but was that enough to leave him in such condition? But then, it was panic that made him lose control to begin with, and maybe the near loss of Jaden had hit him harder than Kane expected. In the few seconds after Momoru had healed his eyes, the world had seemed to drop from under Kane's feet. He knew that power emanating from Momoru's hands, knew it with unwavering certainty, because it was the very same power toward which he desperately clawed his way every time it summoned him to his stone, and he would crawl on his knees across broken glass for a glimpse of that power again. He knew now, though he had hesitated to believe it before, that those royal blue eyes were the same ones he had dared to glimpse once in the heart of the blazing light. It was only a few seconds that he spent unable to move for shock, watching his princes retreating back, but they were a vital few seconds. So much might have been lost if he had not forced himself into action. The very idea that Jaden might have died before meeting the prince he had so long waited for was too much to contemplate. He quickly surveyed the others, taking stock. Jaden had collapsed onto the balled-up mass art hoodie, gulping in breaths with his eyes closed. Sasha clutched at his hand, paper white beneath his freckles. Neil was gaping silently at Momoru as if seeing him for the first time. Kane tightened his hold on his newfound prince and knew now was not the time for their reunion. He lifted a hand and slid it through Momoru's bangs, felt the cold, clammy skin beneath. "'You're in shock,' he told him softly. "'Neil, get the car.' The brunette's gaze finally left Mamura to stare at Kane as though he had ordered him to grow a second head. Why, when their their prince—their prince—was with them, when everyone—everything could be revealed, and teleporting was so much faster anyway, was he suggesting that they travel home by car? Before he could recover his voice to express this, Kane gave him a silencing look. "'Go.' It would later be almost a mystery to Mamoru how he ended up huddled on his friend's couch, with Sasha pushing a warm mug into his hands. The world was slowly writing itself around him, but somehow none of it seemed to fit anymore. The Jolly Roger flag on the wall, the silver in Sasha's lip ring, the brightly colored DVDs stacked on the low table by his knee. How could any such things exist in a world where the most important people in his life had been bloody and brutally murdered before his eyes. When it had almost happened again, and surely would happen again, to these new friends, who he had always thought were too good to be true, he was a danger to them, just as he had always been a danger to those who mattered most, and he had been a fool to pretend otherwise. He took a sip of the tea that Sasha had made him, feeling sick with the knowledge that it was served by someone who he had endangered." Kane and Neil emerged from Jaden's room. Neil looked furious, as anybody would when their best friend had nearly been killed. Mamoru half expected him to start shouting at himself, but, for some unfathomable reason, the person he was scowling at was Kane. "'How is he?' Sasha asked. He, too, had looked shaken by Jaden's close call, and Mamoru saw now how much was hidden beneath, beneath behind their constant bickering." Kane looked like the only steady person in the room. He's fine. You he woke up briefly and sounded quite coherent. He asked me to tell you not to carry on like a little girl just because he got a bit scratched up. Such a statement would normally earn a few laughs and a crude remark from Sasha, but nobody was laughing now. Mamoru stared into his mug, bracing himself for what he was certain was coming. The questions. The accusations. The accusations. He had never revealed himself to someone like this before, not to something, not to somebody who knew nothing about Senshi. Usagi had discovered him, but she had grown to know him so well under both identities that the merging of the two seemed to be a natural transition for her. Asanuma had caught him using his powers once, but it was Makoto who dealt with the fallout of that, and by the time Motoki worked anything out, he had long been aware of the girls keeping a base under his own arcade. It was not just fighting monsters. His healing powers had been a secret he carried since he was a child, something that he never dared share with other children or the adults who drifted in and out of his life. He had grown so used to fearing the reaction he would receive if anybody ever discovered him, that he took it for granted that fear and hatred were the only responses he could expect. He held his breath, waiting for the first blow to strike, but the only question that came was, "'How are you feeling?' So startled was he by the question that Mamoru blurted out something resembling the word fine without thinking. He looked up at Kane, who was watching him with concern. He shifted uncomfortably under his silver gaze, taking another sip of his tea to avoid avoid meeting his eyes. Mamoru dared to glance up at Neil again and felt his insides twist to see his face turned resignedly away, as if he could not bear to look at him. His normal jovial friends, maybe former friends. Silence stung worse than any shouting might have done. Kane seemed to be the only one able to speak. Do you want to lie down? My room is quiet. You could get some rest. He could not imagine trying to sleep with the horrible memories still pricking in his mind and the guilt twisting at the base of his stomach. Momura swallowed around the lump in his throat. No, I... I should be getting home. He sloshed the nearly full mug on the table as he set it down beside all the other stained rings of beverages past. "'Are you sure?' "'Are you sure? You can stay, you know.' It was touching that Sasha did not object to his presence either, but Momoru felt no more able to sleep only a room away from Jaden's unconscious form than launch himself to the moon. Nor Nor could he endure Neil's stormy silence any longer.' He rose to his feet. I'm sure, really, I really have have to finish that report, and... He trailed off, looking vaguely for his jacket, realized he hadn't brought one, and started awkwardly for the door. Kane was beside him long before he made it. I'll drive you. I can just... The hand at his elbow was firm. The keys were in Kane's hand. The buses aren't great on Sundays. I should really drive you. As he was escorted from the house, Mamoru did not have the courage to look back and see the contained storm with brunette hair, who could look at anything except his retreating back. The world drifted past the car windows, too bright for Mamoru's mood. It was hard to believe, as he fisted his hand around the edge of the seat, staring resignedly forward, that the day had started so carefree. "'Will we still see you tomorrow?' Momoru had forgotten all about being invited to their house the next day. They were going to drink beer and watch awful horror movies. His knuckles whitened a bit around the on the edge of the seat. Do you want to? Kane glanced at him. Why wouldn't we? Momoru had no answer to that. He thought of Jaden's pale face, still streaked with blood, as they carried him in the house, the unfamiliar sharpness of Neil's chocolate-brown eyes. Jaden's going to be fine. You probably saved his life. Momoru stared hard at the road. It shouldn't have happened in the first place. That's not your fault. Kane seemed so calm, even in light of what ha- what had happened. He was not panicking or accusing Momoru. He had not even asked him yet what had happened. Aren't you... He swallowed, seemingly having more difficulty talking than normally... Aren't you going to ask about what happened? Do you want me to? Momura looked up at him. For no reason he could explain, he felt safe being honest with Kane. Not really. Then you can talk about it in your own time. A small tinge of relief eased the tightness in his chest. You're exhausted. You should go home and rest. Yeah. Surreptitiously, Momoru released his grip on the seat. Um, thank you. Thank you for saving Jaden, even when it was a risk, even when there is no reason to think you had to. Had he been more awake and less distracted, Momoru might have found something odd in Kane's wording. Instead, he muttered an embarrassed your welcome, feeling as much as ever that he had done Jaden more harm than good. But it felt good to be comforted, even just a little, when he was so prepared to be abandoned. He almost felt like he could confide in Kane, almost felt like he could tell him his worries and fears, and what he had remembered when he saw Jaden's brutalized body. But it wasn't Kane's counsel that he wanted. He wanted the people he had lost so many times, not just in the distant past, but again when they were defeated under Beryl, before he knew them, and once again, when their souls had vanished from their stones like candles flickering out. He hungered desperately for their voices now, as if the sound of them saying his name could somehow erase the memory of their bodies falling, broken, to the ground. When he reached the door of his dorm room, his hands shook so much that his keys slipped from his fingers and clattered to the floor. Kane, who had insisted on walking him to his room, picked them up. Which one? The silver one, he muttered, hating how foolish he felt in front of a witness. Kane acted like there was nothing unusual about him unlocking and opening Momoru's door on his behalf, though, and that made it a little easier to bear. Kane paused on the threshold, his eyes dark gray like clouds heavy with snow. Do you want me to stay? A part of Momoru wanted to say yes, and that surprised him. He had grown better about allowing Usagi to visit him on the rare occasion that he was sick, in the wake of the disaster that had been the Hellenia's curse, but that did not mean he was not resistant to the idea of someone seeing him at such weak moments, of his being dependent on their kindness, and this desire not to be alone at such a time was new to him. For some reason that he could not quite explain, he did not want Cain to leave." Uh, No, thank you. I'll be all right. Momura looked up into those stormy gray eyes and felt that he convinced no one. But there was something he had to do, or tried to do, and he needed to be alone to do it. A warm hand squeezed his arm. You can call me for anything. I mean that. Thank you. Um, come see us tomorrow, when you're feeling better. He had not meant or hoped to see them again. Everything about what happened to Jaden seemed to spell the end of whatever friendship he had with these people. But Kane made everything seem so much less dire, and he felt that he could not say—he found that he could not say no to him. I will. Restraining himself from tackling Mamoru to the floor and proclaiming his undying allegiance must have taken every ounce of self-control that Neil possessed— such that it collapsed into a mighty explosion of expletives the moment that Cain had stepped through the door. The white-haired man calmly poured himself a glass of orange juice while the house rumbled on its foundations with shouts that insulted everything from his mother to his taste in shoes. He sat down at the kitchen table, sipped at his orange juice, and waited for Neil to shout himself silent. It took half an hour. "'Are you even listening to me?' Neil was looming over the table, all muscles and sweat and dark, furious eyes looking like he wanted to flip the table over and start punching Kane in the face. He may have had Kane been anybody else, of course, Kane leaned one able on the arm, one elbow on the arm of his chair, tilted his head against his hand, he idly rolled his glass in the other hand. that was a most colorful combination. I particularly enjoyed how you compared my drumming ability to underball sweat and threatened to pee on my bonsai. I fucking will! And to summarize, Kane, you're a big fat asshole and your haircut makes you look like a Swedish porn star. I see. Kane set down his empty glass. Well, given today's events, I'm going to assume that you are simply lashing out out of fear for Jaden and trepidation over meeting Endymion and forget everything you said to me just now. I suggest you do the same, particularly the part about urinating on my tree. Neil stared at him, weighing his options. He had clearly not expected to call his leader a hairy cunt without repercussion. The letdown of his words, not having any impact whatsoever on Kane, was measured against the temporary free pass of pretending it never happened. He groaned, running his hands down his face. "'I really hate you sometimes.' Kane pulled out a chair for him. Neil sank into it, his broad, muscular frame looking deflated. He took a long breath. "'Explain this to me. You do have a reason, right? You don't do shit like not telling me... Like not letting me tell our long-lost prince that we're his newly resurrected guardians here to serve him forever without a reason. I mean...' Neil looked up at him. "'You organize your sock drawer. You don't do anything without a plan.' I thought it was obvious. Did you really want your reunion with Prince Endymion to happen when he was nearly incoherent with shock? Jaden unconscious on the ground? Is that really how you pictured things going? It's still cruel, man. It's like telling a kid on Christmas morning that he can look all look at all his presents all he wants, but he won't get to open them until Boxing Day. You canceled Christmas, Kane. Boxing Day isn't a real day. Sasha wandered past them to the fridge and fished out the orange juice. It is in every country that matters. It's not. You don't do anything special for it. You just sit around eating leftovers or shop at outrageous sales. Like in every country that doesn't call it Boxing Day. I got the entire MASH box set for $80 on Boxing Day. That makes it a holiday for me. A word. Was that in Canadian? That must mean you got it for the same price as a few American nickels and a handful of beans. That is a steal. Neil glared at Sasha as he slid into a chair across from him. Your face is worth a few nickels and a handful of beans. Sasha's eyes, Sasha's green eyes sparkled over the rim of his glass. That's not what your mom said last night. Before Neil could rally a counterattack, he turned to Kane. So when are we planning to tell him? He looked between them. That's not entirely up to me, is it? When do you think we should tell him? Right now, Neil shot out. Other than that. When Jaden's awake, Sasha said emphatically, setting his glass down. He'd kill us if we let him miss this. Kane nodded. I asked him to come see us tomorrow. Jaden should have recovered by then. Neil looked slightly defeated. ''That's like 24 whole hours from now. Okay, fine. Since we have to wait around anyway, then we're making it a proper celebration. With booze. And real food.'' ''What?'' said Sasha. ''You mean you weren't going to just break into the stash of instant ramen and cheap beer for this?'' ''No, we need it extra classy. Crack open a few boxes of Kraft dinner. You have to add milk to that and everything.'' you mean macaroni and cheese?'' No, there is no macaroni or cheese in those boxes, you pseudo-American, but your cheese all tastes like plastic anyway, so I guess you never figured out the difference. You say that like you don't eat more processed food than the rest of us combined. As their argument, des- des- As their argument devolved into a dispute over whose mother was larger, Kane stood and left the kitchen. He paused by Jaden's door. His reclined form did not stir as Cain's shadow fell over it, soft snores sounding in the darkness. Memoru, and Demian, had healed him completely, but there was still the blood loss and the trauma to account for. They always seemed to forget that part in the past, when he caught them doing all manner of ridiculous stunts. Jadeite climbing all over the castle walls like a monkey, Nephrite jumping into freezing water on a dare, acting more recklessly than they may have if they did not think Endymion could cure any and all ailments. Had he made the right call today? After two lifetimes of mistakes and two years of waiting, he was moving as cautiously as a slug on a salt shaker. He wanted everything to be perfect for Endymion, and maybe that was too much to ask of the world, because when he had left him standing alone in his dorm, he had looked as hurt and lost as a child without its parents. He had almost dropped all pretenses there, but it was Momoru who wanted time alone, and maybe he deserved some space after what happened. It was not like Cain to be uncertain like this, but as he should have remembered, where Endymion was concerned, he would always be just a little bit lost.